Hey, this is Katie Miller from Sight and Sound, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. In today's episode, we sit down with Katie Miller. Katie works with Sight and Sound Theater and Sight and Sound Film. Sight and Sound's first film, I Heard the Bells, released on December 1st. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans, by Christian music fans. Merry Christmas. It's that season, the most wonderful time of the year. All right. <laughs> that is free. It actually started about a month ago for me. Soon, <laughs> but not. <laughs> All right. So we were talking before we, we hit record. I put my tree up the second week of November. All my stuff's up. Jesse, when did you put your stuff? Uh, I, th- I was, uh, I think the almost the third or the no second week. The thing is, is I had to go to Hobby Lobby. I uh, we kind of changed mm. some things this year, so I had to get to Hobby Lobby before I could put everything up. But yeah, it's all up now. We've definitely uh, definitely got it up. Are they fifty sixty percent off yet this month? It's every every other week. Okay. Every other week they do it. Yeah, we we had to wait for that. That's what it was. We were waiting. We went. They didn't have everything on sale. We waited the next week. Got it. Hit up Hobby Lobby. Spent about twenty seven hours there in one day, and it felt like it at least. And uh, got everything I needed. Yep. And now it's all it's all set up. And yeah, and Karina's Chris? reminding me. For me, it's never enough. I always want to buy more, and it is true. Like I, we got home and I put everything up, and I was like. Mm, we're missing like I don't know, like I, I think I told her because we we worked a few hours on everything, setting everything up and having everything thing decorated. And I said we're about forty percent of the way there, and she looked at me like what? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Well, this so I got my tree up, not not the ornaments yet. <laughs> I mean, my house already had lights on it. I never took them off, so <laughs> I was You're ahead of the game there. <laughs> you really like Christmas, <laughs> but you uh, had to take them off, right? To, to I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to do that this year. With me being da- uh, like down last week, it kind of put a wrench in my plans, and um, yeah, I don't know if I'll get to it. Chris this had year. COVID, but he's all better. Yes. He doesn't sound like a 110-year-old man. <laughs> no, I, wh- I think what I said was I sound like a horse who smoked 60 packs of cigarettes. <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> um, but no, I so last year for Christmas, I got a bunch of those uh, Mr. Christmas, um, like, different things. So, like, there's a carousel, a train, like an animated train, a carousel's animated. A uh, what's this uh, uh, a Ferris wheel, like that mm-hmm. type stuff. And I hadn't, of course, I hadn't opened it because I mean I got it for Christmas, so um, it was kind of like uh, another Christmas morning because I actually got to open it and unpack it all, take it all out. Um, you know how we are with all that kind of stuff; it was pretty awesome. Now. When you guys put up decorations, do you guys like put on Christmas music in the background, set the mood, put up the stuff? Because I do. Yes. 
like to Actually, crank up some under oath and hang the tinsel. There you go. <laughs> every every time with outdoor lights. So uh, my wife, she is okay with pretty much everything we do inside. I, I'm more of the Christmas fan uh, as far as decorating goes. Um, but anytime I do anything outside, at least um, since we've been in this house, I always do it when she goes somewhere because I don't want to give her the opportunity to tell me no. <laughs> and so like a couple of years ago when I hung lights, I did it while she was gone. I climbed up on the roof and she came back and she was like, oh my gosh, you climbed up on the gutter. She was mad at me because I just had back surgery. And so I was like, it, whatever, it, it was fine. And uh, and then last year I was like, well, I don't want to climb up on the roof. So I'll do, uh, I think we did like a little light. It projected the Grinch on the side of the house earlier. Well, this year I went and I was like, I want to get the big laser show thing they have. So I went, <laughs> went and I got like the full-on laser Broadway production thing that broadcast whatever on your on like 40 different images on the side of your house and i did it while she was gone so she came home and she was like she walks in the door she goes we are that house and i was like that's right baby merry christmas no i i cannot wait until i get all the lights up of my house because my neighborhood does a uh contest every year on christmas lights and a neighbor of mine two doors down He's won first place the two years that we've been in this neighborhood. And I thought last year I might have had him because I put a lot of lights up in my house. And, like, there was, like, I think I had, like, a 25-foot like Santa. Like an 80-foot Santa? Yeah, it was, like, it was like a massive Santa. And I still lost. Um, but with these, like, pixel lights that will go with music and everything – I should a hundred percent win. Um, but but you're not doing it this year. I don't know if I. I just <sighs> if I could Chris, not let have me know for like a week. I can come over one day and help. That you. I would, I would be able to do it. I need to. I need because <clears throat> I. Ha I mean, like, look, I've been three D printing all of my pieces that I need. When I was in quarantine in the basement, <laughs> I just had my three D printer going over and over again. So I. I kept printing all these brackets. So I literally have everything pretty much ready. Um, it's just actually getting the ladder out. Well, not even the ladder. There's a there's a lot there's quite a few there's there's quite a few things I have to do before I even paint them. I so hear uh, here's a question that'll help you determine if it's uh, worth it. What do you win? I don't even know what you win, honestly. I think the the main thing is, is I just what you win is they put a sign in your yard that says first place. Christmas light winner, like neighborhood yeah. winner. Um, that's, and that's what I want. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. You can, t you can steal it from whoever wins. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for all you nerds out there, um, there is a, <laughs> there is a, um, a 24-7, like, Zoom meeting, like Zoom room, that if you have any issues or, uh, any snags like on the programming or any issues, you can hop on there and there's guys 24-7 that are volunteers that just, you know, like to help everybody out. So the other day, they live in it was like. basement probably. No, it's just a bunch of old guys. But the thing is, is it's like, um, 
so I got on at one in the morning the other night, and the people that were on were from Australia, so it was morning for them. Like they were all just you know guys, and the the uh, one of the uh, creators of the program was in the Zoom room, so that was pretty cool. But no, it was it's super cool because then you're like, you know, I mean, there's like networking that goes into it and everything. So then you're like sitting there and something's not working, and you're going through twenty four thousand troubleshooting steps, and you're just like, I, I I'm at a loss. You can hop in there, and then they're like, Hey, did you check this? And you're like, You know what? I did not. <laughs> well, December first, I heard the bells comes out. Heard the bells on Christmas Day. There's a Christmas classic Christmas song by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and the movie uh, is geared towards that. It's about his life, what he went through, and how he wrote the the classic Christmas song. Sight and Sound Films. This is their debut film, December first. Go to IHeardTheBellsMovie.com, and there you will find how to get the movie tickets. Check out this interview. Well, today we have Katie Miller with us. Thank you so much, Katie, for taking time with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, Merry Christmas, by the way, and congratulations on the awesome movie. Thank you. It is such a fun way to celebrate this Christmas season for us as a whole organization and Sight and Sound family. We are just beyond thrilled right now. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're we're super excited with you all as well. And so, uh, for our listeners who don't know. Uh, who you are, and they don't know about Sight and Sound. Uh, could you let us know how Sight and Sound Theater came to be, and then later Sound and Sight and Sound Films as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'll try and do it in a, a like succinct way, but feel free. Yeah, to I know the story is probably like really long, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and keep it uh, short. So, um, Sight and Sound is a family-owned uh, faith-based entertainment company, uh, actually founded by my grandparents. So it's a family-owned business. And um, long story short, we're based out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So heart uh, right smack in the middle of Amish country, um, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And my grandfather actually grew up as a dairy farmer and he wanted to be a farmer for his whole life. That's what his um, plans were. And through a set of tragedies that included his mother unexpectedly passing away, uh, they lost the family farm and he found himself young, newly married and trying to find a brand new vocation. And he began relying on creativity to make ends meet. So he became a photographer. Uh, he was a scenic artist and he was peddling paintings literally out of the trunk of his car. Um, and one weekend, his pastor asked him, they said it was the 60s. And they said, would you come do a like slideshow presentation of your artwork? And he went home and talked to my grandmother and she said, well, I'll, I'll help you do it, but we can't let it be boring. <laughs> she said she like hated sitting through all of the like long slideshows they would do in churches. Sure, and yeah. so they did one and it um, truly just took off from there. So they spent almost a decade traveling throughout the nation with these slideshows, eventually put down roots, opened their first theater, opened a second theater, um, added different elements to the slideshows. And um, it really did not to be too punny, but it really did like set the stage for what we've grown into today. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we have two locations now. So one in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, one in Branson, Missouri for our live stage shows. We also have a streaming platform, Sight and Sound TV. And we are truly known as a theater company for bringing the Bible to life. So our theater shows do Bible stories and in big epic ways. So 40 foot high sets and 50 actors and actresses and live oh, animals. Wow. And 
the hope truly is to put audiences in the heart of the story. And um, long story short, and I can get into it again a little bit later, but then this past June recently announced that we were launching into feature films with our very first one coming to movie theaters this Christmas, which is I Heard the Bells. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, I have seen a few. Uh, I've never been in person. I, I, that's my goal. I, w- I would love to go see one in person, but I've seen several uh, online. I've seen Jesus, uh, Noah, I've okay. seen David. Uh, so they're incredible. And like you said, they are like top notch. I mean, productions, you know, just just pretty sweet. Uh, the one where Jesus is walking on the water, that scene. I don't know how y'all did it, but it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I don't actually entirely know how we did it either. <laughs> That's not my part of the organization. Um, but no, it is. I mean, like we always say we love. Yes, we have like a crazy talented team. They bring um, just state of the art technology that is beyond my own personal comprehension, um, you know, into our productions. But we really always want the technology to serve the broader story, to serve the message. And we're not going to just do technology for technology's sake. But when you have, you know, Peter and Jesus walking across a 300 foot stage uh, on water, you need it to be, you know, pretty epic and spectacular at that point in time. It's one of everybody's favorite scenes for sure. So as the first movie for sight and sound films, why did you guys choose? I heard the bells. So (laughs) when we set out, uh, really feeling like the Lord was uh, walking us towards the production of a, of a feature film, um, the first idea and the original idea was, Hey, let's pick a smaller story, um, and maybe make just like a short film or an episode or something along those lines to really learn and get our feet wet. And, um, and so we started out with this like super tiny budgets. Um, it was meant to be like a 30 minute short film, a handful of scenes just to kind of learn and, and, um, and see where the next steps would go beyond that. And after we shot the first few scenes, um, we all sort of paused and was like, there is so much more um, depth and heart in this story. And it's a story we really actually believe as it unfolds that is meant to be told and meant to be told right now. And so um, actually like after it was partway through production, um, the production team, including Josh Ank, our director and writer came back to the executive team and was like, hey, uh, take a look at this. And I'm really just feeling kind of passionate about extending this into being a full length feature film. And we um, all 100% agreed. And so from there, uh, kind of started making plans writing, extending the script, all those types of things. And, um, and now here we are two years later, uh, with this just beautiful, stunning, I know I'm a little bit biased, but, (laughs) um, piece of artwork that we're super excited and proud about. And, um, in many ways, like I told Josh, I watched, um, you know, as we're getting ready for all of this, the last time I watched like the final, um, product I went to him and I was like I know this was meant to be like our first foot forward but it doesn't feel like that (laughs) you know as someone who's on the outside of the actual production piece of it um it was fun to be able to just celebrate like the artistry that really did come to life in this story yeah and so I so when we were watching the film it's I was talking to my brother so before I knew so my brother Jacob knew more about sight and sound before I did and that you guys did uh, theater and I was watching the first maybe like half hour of the movie and I thought man I feel like I'm in the audience of a play like it just mm-hmm. feels so yeah like it's like you're really into the character of it like like the actual characters and I was like I feel like I'm watching a play and mm-hmm. then he was like well they make plays and I was like oh <laughs> that 
it's so you guys got that a lot flavor. Of sense. <laughs> like it has that influence and you can feel it but it's it's done so well because it really draws you into the characters and you're yeah. you you feel what they're feeling and you know you get that when you're in a live performance you know you don't always get that in film and so the fact that you guys were able to pick up on that in this film i thought was super powerful and then with that how do you go uh, how do you decide uh like maybe maybe you, i don't know if you can speak on josh's behalf or how this yeah. kind of came to be but how do you decide to portray someone like henry wadsworth longfellow like <laughs> how, how do you like what's the research look like and you're like okay we're gonna make him this kind of person what does mm -hmm. that what plays into that yeah absolutely well i'll answer both of your questions there but one of them um where you started was is more so on the side of like we had this recognition like on one hand feature films felt like this really big brand new initiative and a really huge undertaking and in, a, in many ways it was at the same time you know media work camera work our roots are in are rooted in cameras like it's been a it's cinematography has been a part of um of who we are since the very beginning we're in our 46th year of history and we've always had cameras be a part of what we do and we will often say like the theater designed our theater experience is actually designed around the lens of a camera so it's a panoramic experience when you're sitting in the seats here in location and for us we're really passionate about being able to take um these shows these stage shows that have a cinematic quality to them and in that same way as we produce films for the future we know there goes there's going to be some level of theatricality to them because it's just in our dna we can't get away from right, the roots yeah. of theater and while the mediums are very different in some ways there's a lot um you know we've seen it throughout the years like the theatricality that came through the greatest showman even um it just, it translated super well. And we've been super excited to watch so many Broadway shows start to become, um, you know, produced for film because there is so much crossover in the storytelling. Um, and for us, they are different. You know, our stage shows, we do Bible stories. The um, films, we know we are called to do stories beyond the Bible, but stories that are inspiring based on true characters and historical figures that changed the world because Christ first changed them. And so when we started pursuing all of the different types of characters we could do, um, you know, for our first foot, our first step forward, and it when we started it being a smaller potentially production, something for Christmas just sort of rose to the top. And as we started doing research, this story is one um, that we all kind of like love the song. I heard the bells, like it's just such a classic Christmas carol. And, um, the story behind it is just incredible. And it, it didn't take us long to be like, that's the one, that's the story we want to go after for this, for this first one. It's one that hopefully people immediately connect to because they, they know the song. Um, and there's some, um, you know, ability to already be connected to the story at large. Um, and then yes, tons of research. Oh my word. Like the amount of books and, mm -hmm. uh, research and being able to connect with, um, historical experts uh, throughout the whole process. We had over 200 reenactors on set um, throughout different um, production moments and their just expertise and understanding of historical context in general is um, just, it is just was so incredibly influential to what we did as we produced the film. And then also just visiting some of the spaces like up you know, his, the Longfellow home is um, a pillar right. in the new England area. And I was so going to ask, is that cause I saw that in the film where that was the, like, I saw the house and I was like, I wonder if that's a set because it, it, 
looks just like the real one. It is. Yeah, we so all of the exterior shots um, of Henry's house is actually Henry's house. (laughs) And then um, some of the interior shots are shot um, here in Lancaster or right outside of Lancaster. There is a place called Moonstone Manor that they found um, that is, is just on this beautiful piece of property. It's a bed and breakfast now. But when they did, when they found this location, they realized that it actually has the same blueprint as Henry's original house, down to where the doors are, where the windows oh, wow. are, uh, the actual, you know, and it's it's a standard. Not I shouldn't say standard. It's you know an 1800s farmhouse. That's what it is. And so there there's a lot of similarities. But the living room, the study, the foyer was a 100 um, down to like the square footage layout of what his original home was. And it was right near us. So we were able to use that for all of the interior shots, which is awesome. And uh, you would never know you're not in Henry's house the whole time. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, it was beautiful. And I want, I'd wondered if again, that was not a set piece because it looked like, you know, I was like, okay, that they did a really good job. If that's the real Longfellow house. Okay. So, so I mean, Hey, listen, that's, that's even better, right? You got the original, yeah. and then that's so cool, yeah. Because that it, again on the inside of the house, on those shots indoors, I was like, man, this is quite the set. So you guys were in an actual house, yeah, from the same period. Okay, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. So congratulations on finding that place because it, <laughs> it, it was it was awesome. I was like, man, this is so nice. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so why do you think it's important for there to be more uplifting films like I Heard the Bells to continue to be made? Yeah. I mean, listen, we um, are big fans of reminding ourselves that Jesus was the original storyteller. It's actually where our name comes from. Um, Sight and sound comes from Matthew 13, where um, the disciples ask him why he keeps um, speaking in parables. Like they're like, why are you telling stories? And his response to them is because he says, um, it's in hearing that the people do not hear and in seeing they do not see. Like basically saying, I'm, I'm telling them they're not hearing me. Maybe if I tell them stories, they'll start to get this. And it's what he did. All the, the whole God, all four gospels are basically Jesus telling story after story after story. Right. And so, um, you know, we live in this age of stories and entertainment, like unlike any other. And um, for us anyway, it really is a passion to, um, help people find their way to help people, um, you know, in the middle of all of this noise that's out there and this, and the entertainment that's right at our fingertips all, all the time to say, there is goodness in this world. There is inspiration in this world. There is hope, there is joy. Um, and there is a purpose that each of us have inside of us and an identity that we have in, in Christ and in who he is and what he's done for us. And so, um, our passion every single day is to continue to tell his story is what we say through who we are as an organization and as an employee team. Um, and by what we do, it's, it's bigger than just the, what it's the, how we go about it as well. Um, and continuing to tell the story that continues to be told, you know, it's not a story that's done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm a youth pastor and I think one of the most effective tool I have is telling a story to my, to my students and getting them to kind of go, okay, it's something they can relate to. So it is a powerful tool and uh, you guys did well on this, on this movie and, uh, it's not cheesy. My brothers and I often will laugh about things we grew up watching and we're like, oh Uh yeah, that was so cheesy. Uh, yeah. Not so here. So you did a, a great job. Uh, what is the a hope, the hope that Sight and Sound has 
for people who go and see this film, what are you hoping they leave the theater with? You know, it's, I think we're all tired of talking about the pandemic and COVID and all those things. And it feels like it's a thing of the past at the same time, every single one of us has experienced um, pain, loss, tragedy in the last several years. And in the same way, you know, you watch this story unfold in Henry, um, Henry Longfellow in this film, and he is living in a civil war. He is dealing with incredible amounts of loss, incredible amounts of fear of the future, the uncertainty of the future. And, you know, no, we are not as a nation even in a civil war right now, but we've all heard it said we might as well be (laughs) for how tense things can be. And um, just the ongoing challenges of that and so there's so much about Henry's story that unfolded hundreds of years ago that in some ways is repeating itself in its own way now. And in a way, I think we all feel no matter where we are and what our vocation is, where we are in the country, it doesn't matter. Um, we, yeah, there's just no secret that that's what the last season has been. And I think we all can identify with that stanza um, within the song. Um, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth. I said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And what most people don't realize is that that's actually where he intended to end that poem. And, um, he, that's where it ended. You know, he had this whole Christmas, he called it the Christmas bells, but it was, it was a poem of dejection and despair. Like that's really what it was until he has this experience and hears the bells on Christmas morning again and says, you know, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. (laughs) And for us, that's the hope is that people walk out with new hope um, and inspiration that it doesn't matter what season we've been in and how much pain we have. It's all real. We don't negate that, but there is still hope to be found. And especially at Christmas time when that in and of itself, the holidays stir up so much for people. And no, I, you know, we're going through it even as a family right now. There's going to be an empty spot around the table this Christmas with uh, someone who recently passed away. And so we, we all have that. Um, and at the same time, even in our pain and hurt and sometimes true despair, there is still hope to be found. Yeah. It, and it's a powerful moment in the film uh, that you mentioned that that where he had end this, ended the song and then that moment, which I mean, I won't give too much away, but that moment that he realizes the song is not over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I paused it and I went and sat at the piano and I played the song. Like I was like, I have to like, it, it was just so awesome. And so, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very yeah. powerful moment in the film. Yeah. So what we're going to do is a Christmas edition of what we like to do with people we have on called favorite things. We're just going to name a category and you let us know what your favorite thing in that category is, but this is going to be all Christmas based. Okay. Sound good? Sound good. All right. So do you, I mean, besides the one that you just made and you're going to release, have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. There's like so many. Like you can go down the classic routes of, um, you know, It's a Wonderful Life is definitely one of my favorites. But it also would not be Christmas without sitting down and watching The Elf with my kids. Like it's the film that still probably makes us laugh the most. So Two different ends of the spectrum. I don't know that I can choose between the two because I love them both for two different reasons. But oh no, yeah, absolutely. We I mean, yeah. we get that. My kids, <laughs> uh, when you know, it's when the what is it, the latest Grinch that came out, the one that was like animated. I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember who plays the voice or who made it or whatever. The, the Steve Carell one. 
maybe oh, i don't know yeah, yeah. i wish i knew i should know because i've seen it <laughs> it's funny because we've seen it a hundred times uh-huh. and yeah. just even over the summer and stuff because my youngest loved it and then before her my my other daughter uh she watched a christmas story all the time year-round didn't matter yep. what time of year it was uh so christmas <laughs> i feel like christmas movies kind of have that ability to it can be July, and you're like, you yeah. know what? Let's watch it. Elf is totally appropriate in July, <laughs> in June, in May. You know, you can still watch it. It's true. It's true. It's true. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Oh, man. I've always said, um, okay, hold on a second. Now it's going to escape me the actual title of it. Um, oh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I was, like, thinking of a different line. I'm like, that's not the title of the song. <laughs> that's always been one of my favorites. I mean, it's a, yeah, just beautiful sweeping christmas carol i was gonna say don't say last christmas <laughs> no or christmas shoes no, we, we've <laughs> talked with listen we've talked with russ lee about that song and he's even kind of like yeah sorry about that one guys <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> uh, yeah it's fantastic do you do you have a favorite christmas meal oh well, I'm like, I am a traditional person when it comes to that. So like, I want the mashed potatoes and the sweet potatoes and the okay. Christmas ham and give me all the cookies and apple pie afterwards, you know, <laughs> like, it's not Christmas without those things. But we have a Christmas tradition, I will say, our breakfast. Do you eat uh, Chinese food Christmas night? No. And I until other than um, which Christmas movie is that? Is it? A, is that a Christmas story? Yeah, it's a Christmas story. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Story. <laughs> I didn't actually watch that film until like I was in my late teens, early twenties, and I had never heard of that before. And now that you know it, you like yeah, talk to all these people that that's their Christmas tradition. And I yeah, do not identify with that one. But I actually neither. I always felt like it would. It's kind of blasphemous to me. I'm like, no, Christmas is supposed to be turkey and ham. And then, like, if that's what you have Christmas Eve, then you eat leftovers on Christmas Eve, Chinese food on Christmas Day. Like, it just feels so wrong to me. No. Yeah, it totally does. And we always do a big breakfast. So my family all gets together and, um, like, we bake homemade cinnamon rolls. And we have, like, all these different, like, quiches and egg things and fruit and hot chocolate and all that stuff. And then we often just, like, snack on leftovers the rest of the day because we usually have had, like, a big dinner the night before. So that's kind of what we do, too, is, like, whip out the leftovers and some like cheese and crackers and I don't know. You just don't like stop eating on Christmas. It's just one continual day. Yeah. Just kind of roll on to the next one. Yeah. That's that's true. Do you have a favorite uh, Christmas family tradition? Um, Favorite tradition. Yes, actually. One of my um, favorite things to do with my own kids. So my kids are now they're getting a little bit older. My oldest is 16. I also have a 15 year old and a 10 year old, but we've done this now for the last I don't even know how many years and it's one of our favorite things, but a couple of nights before Christmas, um, I just usually like find one online, but I print out a scavenger hunt and we do a Christmas light scavenger hunt and drive around town and, um, you know, whoever finishes with all the different things that they see first gets to choose the Christmas movie we watched that night. And we always get cookies and hot chocolate and all that sort of thing and stock the van before we drive around for an hour and a half and then go back and watch a movie. So that's one of our favorite traditions that we do. You, you could uh, start eating Chinese food. Then, right? Yeah, I guess so. Like, that could be our new thing. <laughs> I'll have to let you know how that goes over this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite Christmas memory? 
Oh, favorite Christmas memory. That's a good one. Um, well, I'll just, this is not maybe a favorite Christmas specific memory, but I will tell a funny story that you guys will appreciate. So when I was a kid, um, our whole family, it was definitely even more of a family business then than it is now. So it was just family on stage. And we had this little 600 seat theater and we did this Christmas show at the time. It was like a review style Christmas show. And we had snowmen and dancing Christmas trees and Christmas carols. And it was just like all the big warm fuzzies. And I was only like four years old and I played a little snowman. So I had this big fluffy, like think of it like, basically it might as well have been a like, like a snowsuit. It was just this big white fluffy thing. My arms and legs stuck straight out. And then this like ginormous fiberglass uh, snowman head that sat on my shoulders. And I would sit in this little cart and my mom would push me out and there was all these dancing snowmen and they would sing um, Christmas songs. And there was a guy, he actually still works for us. His name is Nate, but he would, uh, his job, he was a deck technician and his job was to read me stories while I was waiting for my scene to go out as this like little kid snowman. And one day he read me stories and I had this big fiberglass head on and he didn't know it, but I fell asleep in the, in before I went out on stage and nobody knew. So my mom comes, pushes this red card out and she's singing like this really pretty Christmas song. And I am sound asleep as like four years old. And I lean forward to fall asleep. The head falls off, rolls across the stage. And I slept through the entire scene and the audience probably totally missed what was supposed to be happening in that scene because this four year old was like conked out sleeping in the little thing. So anyway, it's just, we laugh about it a lot, but the perils of live theater and children actors. (laughs) I feel ago. like you have the the kind of the basis of the next sight and sound Christmas movie. Here. Yeah. I feel like you've got the workings of a new film. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. So what's next for sight and sound films and theaters and how can people keep up with you all? And this is a loaded question. When yeah. and where can uh, our listeners see I Heard the Bells? All right. I'll do my best to answer all those things. Um, we are honestly in a moment of going okay lord what's next like we did one um we're trying to uh truthfully like we're trying to figure out how we continue to produce uh stage shows at the rate that we have been as well as you know kind of like bringing films into this production process that's already been established and so um there's a lot of prayerful consideration right now around what might be next but we don't have anything to officially announce or release quite yet um but for 2023 next year on stage we have moses in lancaster and we have queen esther in branson so we hope if you can come see us in person we'd love to have you um and yes the thing of the moment for us really is i heard the bells and it's coming to movie theaters starting december 1st nationwide and then we'll eventually after that be on sight and sound tv so we're just so beyond thrilled um about all that's happening um to keep up with what we're doing at the theater and on sight and sound tv and all of that you can go to site-sound.com and for I Heard the Bells, it's simply IHeardTheBellsMovie.com. And all the information, you can find your theater there, order your tickets there. Everything can happen through that website, which is just makes it very simple. Awesome. Now, the, the, film, the film, will that be in theaters longer or just those few days or depending on how well the film depends how it does so come out and support us that first weekend in december we would love to see it extended um and if you miss it and we don't get to get to theaters it will eventually be available for streaming but not right away so you got to come out and see it for christmas the first weekend in december yes highly recommend take the family uh learn more about the history of the song and and go see this awesome film that they've done 
Thank you, guys. You're awesome. And thank you, Katie, so much for taking time and being with us yeah. today. We certainly appreciate it. Have a very Merry Christmas with you and your family and everyone at Sight and Sound. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Well, thanks again, Katie, for sitting down with us. Be sure to check out I Heard the Bells in theaters this December. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in this week. Be sure to keep up with us on all of our socials at The Christian Music Guys. Check out ChristianMusicGuys.com for information on upcoming episodes. Also, how you can join our support team. We certainly appreciate all those people. Be sure to tune in next week. <laughs>